Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson um, outside on a nice, beautiful day here in Ontario, Canada. Um, let me just adjust some things here. I'll go to the full display so you can see behind me. Although I must admit, it is so bright and sunny today, it's probably hard for you to see the river and the trees on the other side. The English phrase we would use is that it's all blown out. It's a little bit too bright behind me today. But anyways, hello and welcome to this English lesson. Let me do a little audio check here. It sounds like everything's working great. I do want to say hi to everyone in the chat. It was fun to say hi to many of you before the live lesson started. I know Mode Eggs is here. I know Lolly Lolly is here. Julia Olise. Let me scroll back. Eugene from Etobicoke. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. Samira is here. Many, many other people I see. Eduardo is here. Wee Chen is here. And I, I'm not sure Wee Chen has been in the chat for a few weeks. Judith is here, of course, and many, many more people. Sorry if I forget your name. Just scrolling back. Norma is here as well. Good to see all of you. Welcome to this live English lesson. So last week, there were many, many caterpillars that were climbing up on me. So this week, I'm sitting with my feet inside a cardboard box. I want to make it as hard as possible for the caterpillars to find my feet and then to slowly climb up. I watched parts of the video after I did it last week and I noticed many, many times there were caterpillars on me and I didn't realize it. So sorry if that uh, annoyed you a little bit. Sorry if you were grossed out. Maybe it icked you out or grossed you out. That's how we talk about things that make you go, ugh. So hopefully that doesn't happen today. I wore a darker shirt. So if they start crawling up on me, maybe you won't see them this time. Anyways, good morning to all of you. As I said, it's a beautiful day here in Ontario, Canada. Let me do one more audio check and then we will get started. Let's get the first question up on the screen. And the first question is from Frank. Again, I should mention just one thing. Um, if you are wondering what this is, this is a question and answer English lesson. There is a form that Todd and Dave and Nightbot will share. Um, you can click that link and ask a question. Please don't ask questions in the chat. Uh, please make sure that you are um, just having good, fun English conversations in the chat. I do have my road cam set up again. So if you if you want to see what's going by on the road, I will turn the road cam on every once in a while. Let me make sure that that's working as well. And then I will get started. Definitely everything look like, looks like it's working good. Frank says, what are the different meanings of this is it? Could you please give an example? Let me fix this question here for a sec. I feel like it is not quite on the screen properly. Let me just do a small adjustment. I can fix this right now as I speak. There we go. Could you please give... So there's two meanings I can think of right away. I could say... Um, let's see. This is it. This is it. Um, if someone was to say, I'm looking for Bob the Canadian's English lesson, you would in the chat say, this is it. You're here. You've found it. This is it. This is the lesson that you are looking for. If you were to say, um, yeah, I think that's the only meaning I can think of right now, Frank. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. In English, when you say you draw a blank, it means you're having trouble thinking of other responses. I thought I was thinking of two 
But then my nose got itchy and I forgot because I lost kind of my train of thought. I'm going to move on to the next question, Frank. Sorry about that. Ruslan just says, hello, dear teacher Bob. No question today. I just want to thank you for the cool lessons. You have no video without my thumbs up. Looking forward to 1 million subs. Thanks, Ruslan. I really appreciate the support and the kind words. That's very, very, very polite and kind of you. Uh, Trypto Pal says, 10 minutes of your natural English. I don't think I can speak 10 minutes of my natural English, but what I will say is this. I have a second channel called Bob's Short English Lessons. Usually for the last minute or two of that channel, I speak almost at my regular speed. I usually just walk and talk for a little bit and I speak quite quickly and very close to my normal speed. So check that out. There's three videos a week. The last minute or two, I speak a lot faster if you're looking for that. Let's see here. Mike has the next question. Hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? Malevolence, benevolence, and rebuke. So malevolence and benevolence, we don't use very often. Malevolence is like doing mean things. Benevolence is doing good things. I can't even think of a sentence to use them in. They are very rare words in English. You might read them in a book. That's about it. Um, But rebuke, when you rebuke someone, it means you tell them they are wrong. It means you say to them, you did something wrong and I'm going to now rebuke you. Again, this is also a very old word. I don't use the word rebuke in everyday speech. We might say, you're going to set someone straight. That might be a better phrase to use instead of rebuke. Let me get to the next question. Vitor says, hi, Bob. What is the difference between see, look, and watch? Thanks. So what I'll do is I'll give you example sentences with these, okay? If I go to the road cam, you can look at the road. While you're looking at the road, you might see a car go by. If you had a lot of time, you could sit and watch the road cam forever because there's lots of things that you might see. So I just did a few example sentences there. Hopefully that made some sense. Generally, when you look, you intentionally are looking in a right in a certain direction. When you see something, it might be that out of the corner of the eye, you see something. And when you watch something, you are intent about it. Like you decide to watch TV and other things. Next question from Arena. Hi, Arena. Hey, I think the sun's going away a little bit. Um, Arena says, Hi, Bob. Do you know the difference between duvet, comforter, and eiderdown? I don't know the last one. They all look the same to me on pictures. Thanks from Ukraine. So a duvet is usually stuffed. It's a blanket and it usually has a covering and it's very thick and it's usually filled with feathers. A comforter is a very thick blanket, but it can have almost anything inside of it. It can have man-made materials or natural materials like goose down or something like that. But a duvet generally is more expensive and it has um, some sort of feathers in it. Usually down, I think, like the small, tiny feathers. Uh, Let's see here. Next question is from Renata. Renata says, hey there, Bob. Have you ever read The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank? I have not, but I should sometime. I've heard that her father, Otto Frank, passed away in Canada in 1980. Have a great day, sir. I will add that to my summer reading list, although I have quite a few books on that list already, and I'll see if I can find the time to read it. Hopefully, I can. 
Next question from We. Hi, We. Good to see you. Good morning, Teacher Bob. I'm wondering, when do students have summer vacation in Canada and what are students going to do during summer vacation? Thank you. So, summer vacation starts... Sorry, I'm just kind of grabbing my earbuds here at the same time. Let me just... There we go. So, summer vacation starts Monday. So, Friday, this past Friday, was the last day of school for many Canadian students, at least in my province, in the province of Ontario. And so, this Monday will be the first day of summer vacation. What do students do? Students who are behind in school might go to summer school, a small percentage. But most students... If they are old enough, if they are 16 or 17, they will get a summer job. Some students, if they're younger, will go to a summer camp. Although this summer is still a little bit strange because things aren't open yet because of COVID. Um, Mode says, Mr. Bob is rocking the tangled headphones. So let's learn the word tangled. I don't have AirPods. I have normal head earbuds. And uh, there, now I, I have untangled them. I might as well do an audio check. Excellent. So, yes, I was uh, struggling with a little bit of uh, wires being tangled there. Let's see here. Next question from Fabio from Italy. A lot of familiar names in the comments and questions today. Hi, Bob. Do the expressions take a leaf out of, take a cue from, and take a page from have all the same meaning? Thanks a lot. So, the phrase uh, take a leaf out of is not a common phrase in Canada um, in terms of taking a page from a book or taking a cue from someone. When we use the phrase, it usually means you have a table that can be expanded and there are parts that go in that we call leaves. So, sometimes at our kitchen table, we take a leaf out of the table to make the table smaller if we want to play cards. But I do know the phrase can be used to mean uh, to take a hint from someone or to get information. When you take a cue, like... My cue to start the lesson is that it's 11 o'clock. So, I take my cue from my watch. So, when you take a cue, it means you get information from someone. When you take a page from someone, it means you do something the same way they do. Jen takes a page from her dad when she does some kinds of farming because she's learned lessons from him on how to do it. Next question. Oh, not a question. From DM. Hi, Bob. Your voice is so clear. We're going to drop the L-Y. We're just going to say, your bo- your, your Bob, your voice is so clear. I love it. Well, thanks, DM, for that compliment. S.L. Lenka. Hi, Teacher Bob. I hope you are doing well. Could you please explain the phrase, take, <clears throat> take something for granted? <laughs> when you take something for granted or when you take someone for granted, you expect that thing to always be there. Or you expect that person to always do a certain thing. Probably the best way to explain this would be to say, children often take their parents for granted. They just expect their parents to feed them and buy them clothes and send them to school and take care of them. And they sometimes forget to thank them. Sometimes they take their parents for granted. That means you operate in a way where you don't say thank you very often. I think sometimes uh, we take people for granted too often, I think. Mateo says, I have no questions. I just want to say hi. Well, hi, Mateo. Thank you for saying hi. Let's get to the next one. 
from Natalia, what do the words heap and pitch and toss mean? Usage. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose. I don't know because I feel like pitch and toss is probably some sort of game or gambling and I'm not familiar with it. But a heap can mean a pile of money. Like I made a heap of money. Um, and a heap can refer to like lots of anything. So a heap in general is just a pile. But uh, you can use it to refer to money and other things as well. Sometimes people say that Jen and I have a heap of kids because we have five. That's considered a big family here in Canada. Uh, next question from Lolly Lolly. Bonjour, Bob. S'il vous plaît, quelle est la différence entre a reminder and a remembrance? Merci. So, in English, bonjour, Bob. Please, what's the difference between a reminder and a remembrance? So, a reminder would be something like this. If Jen says, don't forget, you need to go to the dentist after school, she has given me a reminder, okay? Don't forget that you need to pick up the kids from school today. Jen has given me a reminder. She has reminded me to do something. A remembrance is a memory, okay? It's more of a formal word. We don't use it a lot. But if you have a remembrance, it means that you are remembering someone. You are thinking of something that happened in the past. Next question from Margo. Hi, Bob. How many meanings of heirloom and trunk do you know and use? Best wishes from Ukraine. The most common use of the word heirloom in Canadian English is to refer to something that you got from your parents or grandparents, okay? So, we have family heirlooms. Because I'm Dutch, there are some pieces of pottery called Delft Blue that Jen's family owns and my family owns and they're considered family heirlooms. They're somewhat valuable things that are passed from generation to generation. And in my part of the world, the trunk is at the back of a car. We call it the trunk. I think they call it the boot in the United Kingdom. But uh, we definitely call it a trunk. We don't often refer to a piece of luggage as a trunk. We usually say luggage or baggage or just bags. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Mode says, hi, Mr. Bob. I've heard all of us sudden from many native speakers, but you say all of the sudden all the time. Is it a Canadian thing or is there more to it? I think that what's happened is all of the sudden because we speak quickly has become all of a sudden. So, let's see here. All of a sudden or all of the sudden. By the way, if you don't know what this means, it means something is happening uh, like boom. It just happens like all of a sudden a branch fell off the tree. Are there any caterpillars on me? No. Okay, good. All of a sudden is an idiom that is more poetic way of saying suddenly. Um, all of the sudden or all of the sudden... Apparently, all of a sudden is correct and all of the sudden is incorrect, but I say it all the time. Let me, let me just see if there's another definition here. Let's see. All of the sudden. Oh, I'm getting a whole bunch of things popping up on my screen. Let's see here. There's no grammatical reason why the correct phrase is all of a sudden versus all of the sudden. So, I think you can use both. It must be somewhat regional mode. It must be that in my area, it's a little more common to say all of a sudden. I think I say both though. I really do. Anyways, I was going to stop for a moment to say if you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button. If you're wondering what's happening 
I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube and sometimes on Saturdays during the late spring, summer and fall, I teach outside if the weather's nice. Um, I do actually have a canopy above my head. Did I show you guys that one time? Let's just tilt back for a bit. You can see that above me. Oh, I'm messing my camera up now. I actually have a canopy because there is a 40% chance of rain today. So I thought I should be better safe than sorry is the phrase we would say in English. Um, and there's nothing going by on the road. Sorry, I set the road cam up, but nothing is going by, nothing of interest. I think most Canadians are sleeping in this morning. So let's get to the next question. Wait. Yes, let's get to the next question. So Ellen from Brazil says, sorry, I just got a little error on my screen. Well, means nothing. Ellen from Brazil. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Could you please explain why some people say, for instance, I do like instead of like. So I think, I really think we do this when we want to emphasize something. I bought a new camera. If someone said, do you like your camera? I could say, yes, I like my new camera. But I actually really like my new camera. So I would probably say I do like my new camera. So we emphasize the word do and we add the word do to kind of make it so that we we're saying we really like something like I do really like pizza is another thing that you could say. So it's just for emphasis. Let's see. Notive says, hey, hi, how's the city in Canada? So the cities in Canada are slowly opening back up. We are slowly returning to normal in Canada. Um, We have vaccinated at a very rapid rate, but only one dose. So it's a bit of an experiment, Um, but it seems to be helping. And the daily COVID cases have been dropping. Uh, You can go to restaurants and sit outside to have a meal. That just started five days ago or a week ago. Um, But we still, most stores, you can only have five or 10 people in the store at once. So we're slowly reopening. Kizmo has the next question. Hi, teacher Bob. How are you? I saw people play a pun on the words hungry and hungry. Are those words sound the same things? I say them differently on purpose. Okay. If someone is from Hungary, I know you might not hear the difference. I'm hungry. That person is from Hungary. There's just a little bit of an A sound when I say that. So, and if you're wondering when you're hungry, you want something to eat. When you add an A and put a capital H, you're talking about the country. So hungry or hungry. It probably sounds the same to you. I can hardly hear the difference actually. Um, Judith. Hi, Bob. There is a word which sounds boquan. I'll put a link to hear this word in the comment. What can it be? Yeah, and I'm wondering, I don't think you can add comments yet. Boquan, boquan. You'll have to leave a comment after the video is done, Judith, and I'll have to figure out what that word is. Boquan, Boswan, Boquan. Yes, I'm not sure. It sounds like book one. Like, did you get a hotel room for the trip? No, I need to book one. But I don't think that's what you're asking about. That's my best guess, though. Leave a comment in the description later, and uh, I will have a look. Orcalino says, what is the difference between places I had been 
and places I have been. There isn't much of a difference, okay? Um, I think if I was to use an example sentence for each, I tried to list all the places I had been when I was giving my speech. I listed all the places I have been when I gave my speech. One is a little more like the places I had been, it's a little more final. It's like maybe you're not going to visit other places, but we, I think we use them interchangeably. If I think about all the videos I had made last year, I liked all of them. If I think about all of the videos I have made, yeah, I think had is a little more precise. So I don't want to go into too many details um, because it's kind of a grammar lesson and I'm not prepared to do that. Let's go to the next question. Next question from Denise. By the way, if you were expecting Bob the Canadian to perfectly answer every question, that doesn't ever happen. I try my best and sometimes I give a little bit of an answer and not a great answer. And that's just, I think that's just the way it is sometimes. So sorry about that. Denise says, hi from Turkey and I just want to know, did you ever visit Turkey? Because Turkey is the oldest country in the world and has a lot of historical areas. Thanks. I have not visited Turkey. I certainly would love to visit a whole bunch of countries around the world at some point in my life, um, but I just don't have the time yet. I need to work to provide for my family and uh, yeah, someday I will travel more, Denise, someday. Um, Let's see, next question is from Alex. Hey, Bob, where can I use a phrase, what do you up to? So I would not use that phrase. I would use, what are you up to? Okay. Hey, what are you up to? If I see a student at school um, taking something from a locker that isn't theirs, I might say, hey, what are you up to? Or if I walk into a restaurant and my friends are sitting at the table, I might say, hey, what are you up to later? Oh, we have to go to road cam. There's a truck turning around on the road. There's actually something happening on the road cam. So there we go. Uh, That wasn't that exciting, but uh, a truck stopped and turned around a pickup truck. There are many pickup trucks out here in the country. So again, uh, Alex, I would say, what are you up to? To ask someone what they are doing. Hey, what are you up to later tonight? Or hey, what are you up to over there? It basically is just another way of saying, what are you doing? Uh, Mahmood. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing? What do these two phrases mean? I can't help but, or I couldn't help but. So it means that you couldn't resist. Okay. We have several versions of it. We say, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help, but I couldn't help myself. I can't help myself. When I did a lesson on this the other day, when I see treats in the staff room at school, I can't help myself. I usually take one. I could also say, I can't help, but take one. If there were a plate of cookies here, it'd be very difficult for me. And I think I I wouldn't be able to help myself. I, I can't help, but take one. If I see a plate of cookies. Hey, I see a few people asking questions in the chat. Please make sure you are using the form. That is the only way to get a question to me. Um, Otherwise, there's just too many things to read. So, Fox in Love. Do you call falling in love anyway, no matter how many people are involved? If only one person feels love and the other does not, what is it called? Little fix there, Fox. So, two people can fall in love. One person can fall in love with someone and the other person might not love them back. There's like this very complex way to say that. It's called, un. I think it's, is it unrequited? Let me just figure that out. I think I'm using the right word. 
sometimes I need to look it up. But certainly, sometimes one person will love. So, unrequited love is one-sided love and is not reciprocated, okay? So, if you have unrequited love, it means one person loves someone or has fallen in love and the other person does not love them back. Um, let's see here. Next question is from Ario. Let me check the time. Oh, I'm moving right along today. I think I'm answering questions faster than normal. I wonder why that is. I didn't have coffee or anything this morning. Hola, Mr. Bob. How are you? First question, how to use the singular they. Second question, have you watched Dora the Explorer? Thank you. Let me answer the second question first. My kids watched a lot of Dora the Explorer when they were growing up. Um, I think there's uh, Dora and then there's Swiper the Fox. I can't remember the name of her pet monkey, but yes, I have watched Dora the Explorer. Explorer. And then how to use the singular they. So, in modern English, in everyday English, we have started to use the singular they when we're unsure of whether someone, uh, what someone's gender is, okay? Or we use it just regularly for any reason. So, I could say, um, that student likes pizza. They don't like brownies but they do like cookies. So, I'm talking about one student and I can use they to talk about them. I can use it in the singular, okay? Um, And it's often used when you aren't sure of a person's gender. Maybe you've never met them. Maybe they've never told you. So, you would use the singular they. Let's see here. Next question from Andre Padron. Hello, Mr. Bob. I'm learning English on my own or I'm learning English by myself. Thank you. You could do both. They are both completely correct. Okay. I make videos on YouTube and I do it on my own. I do it myself. Okay. I do it by myself. When I go out to shoot a video, I go out on my own. I go out by myself. They mean exactly the same thing. The other day, my son made some cookies. He did it on his own. He did it by himself. So, totally means exactly the same thing. Boots the monkey from Dora the Explorer. There we go. Uh, Let's see here. I do see some questions in the chat still. Let's keep it conversation only in the chat. I'm trying to answer questions using uh, the form as quickly as possible. Uh, Next question from Alice. I will feel stuck in the journey of learning English. I've learned some new words and read a lot though. I still have problems organizing the content of speaking. So, it's called a plateau. Anytime you're learning something, you learn more things every day but eventually it feels like you're not making any progress and we call that a plateau. And there's a lot of things you can do to get through a plateau. Number one, you can just take a break for a week or two. That can really help you gain more energy. The second thing you can do is instead of taking a complete break, you can just listen to English. Just listen to English as much as you can for two or three weeks and then start to do other things like reading, writing and speaking. And then lastly, I really like booking a test. Book an English test six months down the road and that might uh, encourage you uh, to break through that plateau. And I did do a lesson on this. I think I did a lesson called how to break through the English learning plateau. Maybe Dave or Todd could look that up and put a link in the chat for us. That'd be great. Um, hey, let's go to full display so you can enjoy the beauty behind me while I talk for a bit. Um, hello to the 533 people watching. 
good to have you here. There is a subscribe button here that you can click if you want to subscribe to my channel. And if you click the bell as well, you get notified whenever I make a new video. Uh, and it will be an English lesson, by the way. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is a great question. Let me get it on the screen. So, Noir says, are there differences between colloquial English and formal English? I mean, what do you advise me to learn or focus on? So, this is tricky because colloquial English or informal English versus formal English, we are very free in North America. At my work, you would think that I would speak very formal English all the time because I'm a teacher. But in fact, at my work, we speak quite informally to each other. There's no distinct difference between at this point in the day, you should speak formal English. At this point, you should speak informal. In fact, native English speakers don't even really know the difference sometimes between formal and informal. What I would advise is this. Learn formal writing. And when you read, make sure some of the things you read are written in formal English, like information from the government. Um, and then when you have conversations, try to have as many formal and informal conversations as you can with a person who kind of knows the difference. Like a job interview would be very formal. So if you practiced a job interview, uh, practice using formal English, use less contractions, don't use slang. Um, yeah, speak clearly. Try not to use too many, um, yeah, I would say slang. Contractions are fine. Reductions you would, might want to avoid. Like instead of saying, I don't want to do that, you might say, well, I don't want to do that. So, you might want to avoid reductions. That's a tricky one though because even for me as an English speaker, um, I float between formal and informal. There's no distinct difference between the two. It's kind of what you're comfortable with. Mikhailo, um, hi from Ukraine, Mr. Bob. What can I do to improve my understanding? What can you recommend for me? So I flipped a few words when I read that, just so you know. Let me read it again. Hi from Ukraine, Mr. Bob. What can I do to improve my understanding? What can you recommend for me? Thanks. So if you're looking to improve your listening or your reading comprehension, make sure you're getting lots of variety in both. If you're doing listening, make sure you're listening to YouTube videos, television shows, podcasts, music. Make sure you're having conversations with English speakers so you can hear someone talking. If you're trying to um, improve your reading, just read a lot, but read books, read the news, read Wikipedia. Just make sure you're getting variety in what you are reading. Let's see here. So, Hussein says, could you please put your calendar for live lessons down in the description? Thanks. Well, I could do that and I should probably do that, but it's fairly simple. I do a live lesson every Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time without fail, except maybe once or twice. Okay, so maybe I do fail sometimes. Um, but that's fairly regular. I think 50, 51 times a year, I do a Friday morning live lesson at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope I said a.m. the first time. The Saturday lesson that you're watching, I do for three weeks and then I take a week off. So, next week, Saturday, there will be no lesson. But generally, um, three day, three weeks in a row, I do a, fr- a Saturday lesson and then I take one off. 
Hey, I'm going to make a little switch here. Just give me a moment to go to the live chat settings and we are going to go into members only live chat mode. First, I'm going to check to see if there's any caterpillars on me. I don't see any. Um, And thank you to my uh, members. Thank you for being here. I'm going to move the questions off the screen. In fact, a long time ago, Judith, I think Judith's still here. Judith sent me a message and said, when you do members only chat, you shouldn't leave this question on the screen because it's confusing for people. And I thought, yes, you're right. And then I didn't fix it. So I'm going to make sure I do that from now on. Um, So here we go. Um, Members are people who have clicked the join button. They can now ask questions directly in the chat. I see Maria C saying hi to Dave and Todd. Glad that you're saying hi to them. Brent is saying hi as well. Julia says, good morning, dear teacher. Could you please explain? Is there any difference if I say you will enjoy it and you will get to enjoy it? Not really. If you come over tomorrow night, you will enjoy the campfire. If you come over tomorrow night, you will get to enjoy the campfire. If you go to the concert, you will enjoy it. If you go to the concert, you will get to enjoy it. They mean the same thing. I'm not sure why we add get in there sometimes. Um, that's kind of an odd word to add. It's correct though. We, we say that all the time. You know, if you watch this lesson, you're going to get to participate in the chat. If you watch this lesson, you will be able to participate in the chat. Yeah. Anyways, not sure why we add words sometimes in English. Uh, Maria C, congrats, we lost. You deserve to win from Norma. Modeg says to Maria, I kid you not, the first time I heard the show was from you and Brent. I'm too young to know it. Please don't guess my age. I think you guys are talking about Seinfeld, right? Probably. Let's, um, yes, let's see here. I was going to try something. No, I'm not going to try new things. I'll try new things in a test stream someday. Uh, let's see here. Um, Anuat says, hi, teacher Bob. How do you use vibe and vibing in real life? And does it have another word that I could use instead? So I'm old and I don't use the word vibing the same way people would. Um, I use the word vibe. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, so here's what I know and I'll have to do some research. When you get a bad vibe from someone, it means you get a bad feeling. Like, oh, I was talking to my mom the other day and I just got a bad vibe. It means your mom didn't say anything was wrong, but you sense that maybe something was wrong. When you go to a concert, you might get good vibes, okay? You might really enjoy the music and it, you just have this feeling of happiness. Um, let's see here. Um, Eugene says, hi, Bob. Do you play Lottery Max? Eugene, I have not bought a lottery ticket in a very long time. I used to work in a restaurant when I was in my early 20s. And the people I worked with, we would all put a dollar in and buy a lottery ticket. But I haven't bought one uh, for a very long time. Uh, Maria C says, I'm doing great. Thanks, Dave. Today, I'm late but always present. Good to have you here, Maria. Seeing you chat with Dave. Modags. Hi, Mr. Bob. It was very nice of you to move outside and make the lesson more interesting. Thank you. I hope that didn't put you out much. No, it doesn't really. In fact, it's kind of nice to be outside because, you know, winter is long and cold in Canada and I'm inside a lot in the winter. And so the more 
I can get outside, the better, I think, for my health, for my sanity, uh, for my enjoyment, and for all of those reasons. Um, Diego says, hi, Bob, what's the difference between enough and sufficient? Do you have enough food? Do you have sufficient food? They mean pretty much the same thing. You're asking if someone has what they need. Do you have enough uh, power left in your battery for this live stream? I think I do. Do you have sufficient power left in the battery? I think I do. Um, let's see here. Seinfeld for sure, for sure says Brent Diego says, hi, Rod. Maria says, exactly, Bob. We were talking about Seinfeld with mode. Yes. Seinfeld is hilarious. One of the things I find funny watching it now is how much things have changed since that show was on, like the size of cell phones and stuff like that. Um, let's see here. Maria's talking to Norma. I really love your team too. If we don't, oh, wait, road cam. There is an auger going by. Sorry, I don't know if you enjoy the road cam, but I feel like sometimes strange things go by. That was a grain auger or a grain elevator going by. Let me get back to the questions. Um, Modag says, based on my understanding of yesterday's lesson, one emigrates their country in order to immigrate to another country, right? Yes, you would emigrate from your country in order to immigrate to another country. Sorry, yes. So you emigrate, my grandparents emigrated from Holland and, and so they emigrated from Holland, they immigrated to Canada. I hope I said that right. I think I did. Emigrate is when you leave a country. Immigrate is when you enter a country. Um, Norma, hi, Bob. Can we say I'm positive by nature or there's a better phrase? You would say, you know, I'm just naturally a positive person. My nature is to be positive. I'm positive by nature. All of those work. I think the second one would probably be what the way I would say it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't remember what my second one was. I'm naturally, a naturally a positive person. I'm positive by nature. Yeah, they all work for sure. Um, Rod saying hi to Diego, Samuel Chen. Hi, teacher Bob. I watched a webinar hosted by an Australian university. I envy Anglophones get heard and understood all over the world. Have a nice day. Yes, it certainly is. I will admit it. It certainly is a privilege to be an English speaker in certain parts of the world. There are other languages that are very dominant as well. Um, but I do feel very, very um, humbled and just, yeah, it's like, I'm just glad that I'm able to speak English. But at the same time, I don't think it's the best language. If I was to choose a worldwide language, uh, I think I would choose French. So I think it's beautiful. Uh, let's see here. Julia says, cool. Maria C says, you should watch it mode. Yes, you should. Brent says, will those caterpillars turn into brown tail moths? Many people in my state are having problems with them. I guess they can give you a rash. They are, I think, gypsy moths is the type of moth they will turn into here. And yes, they do eat a lot of leaves off our maple trees. So they are a bit of a pest. Um, let's see here. Sorry, Mr. Bob. One more thing I want to ask about Otis the Canadian. How is he doing? The first part of the story was wet, has whetted my appetite and I can't wait to know what happens next. So Otis, uh, I will write another excerpt from Otis's adventures coming up. If you don't know what Mode is talking about, I decided to write a story on my community page where you get to choose what happens next. Um, and the first story is going to be about a person going through their daily routine. So along the way, you will learn and practice some of that vocabulary. So look on my community page 
if you want to see that. Um, I'm going to flip members only chat off. Give me a second here to do that. I know it's only been eight minutes, but I think that I have answered most of the questions. Let's see here. Yes, there are more non-native speakers of English in the world than native speakers. It blew my mind, but so true. That's from Brent from American English with this guy is giving us that fact. And then Maria says, hi, Bob. Yeah, today I'm late, but I'm here and I have a question. How do you call that table with attached chairs made of wood? I suppose that is behind you. Oh, uh, that's a picnic table. So we would call that a picnic table. Uh, And it's a pretty common design. Most picnic tables in North America look exactly like that. Uh, Mode says to Brent, your children are speaking my language. I like the office more than friends. And yes, the laugh track is annoying. Yes. And SEO Wu is here. Hi, SEO Wu. And says, hello, Bob. It's midnight here. That's late, eh? Very late. It is 20 to 12 here. It's almost noon. Um, Let's get back to the question. Uh, Questions. Um, Let me find the next question. Why don't I do this? Why don't you guys have a look at the road while I have a sip of water? There's a truck with a trailer just went by. You'll notice that when you live out in the country, many, many people drive by in pickup trucks. Um, Fur says, hello from Mexico City. It's a pleasure to learn from your amazing lessons. Well, thanks for, for the compliment. Can you give an example using shall? So the best example is in the movie, Lord of the Rings. Gandalf is like, you shall not pass. We don't use um, the word shall a lot. I guess, you know, we use it to ask questions like um, the waiter might come up and say, are you guys done eating? Shall I get the bill? And it means, do you want me to? Um, And then sometimes we use it formally like you in this class, you shall not uh, cheat when you write a test. Um, Yes, there's another example that I can't think of right now. Uh, next question from Adita. What is the difference between condescend and Dane? Are these interchangeable or is there any subtle difference between them? So the word Dane is not a very common English word. When you Dane to do something, it means you, you decide to do something that's kind of below you. We don't use it very often. We do use condescend in the way that sometimes people talk in a condescending tone. So they talk as if they're better than the person that they are talking to. They're very condescending. But the word Dane is um, not, it's not a very common word. You won't hear it very often in everyday English. Uh, Let's see here. I think I answered this question last week. Hi, teacher Bob. Is it correct to ask an adult if he has children, even if his son is an adult? And then sweet tooth, sweet tooth. So This rings a bell though. I think I answered this a week ago, but I should answer it again. Yes, you can ask an adult if they have children, even if their children are adults, okay? So I think the example I gave was if someone asked my mom or Jen's parents, how many kids do you have? They would say, oh, I have five kids or oh, I have six kids or children. How many children do you have? Oh, I have six children. Even if your children are 30 or 40 years old, you would still refer to them as children. Um, and then we would say someone has a sweet tooth, not is. We would say, um, like, I have a sweet tooth. I like eating sweets for sure. Um, let's see here. Next question from Daniel. Hello, Mr. Bob, the best Canadian English teacher I've ever known. <laughs> well, thank you. My question today is the difference between 
between dig and jet and also yet sounds kind of similar to me. So, I'm not sure what you're asking about dig and jet because jet I think is starting to take on a new meaning like I got a jet which means I need to go but the original meaning would be when you dig you're digging a hole in the ground and when you dig something it means you like it. It's kind of like from the 70s like hey I really dig it. Like do you like this song? I really dig it. I don't say that very often. Um, When a jet is something that flies in the air or when you need to go somewhere I need to jet and then um, yeah we did the members only chat. I thought maybe we hadn't done it yet. So yet has a bit of a different sound than jet. Uh, Let's see here. I'm just going to scroll back because I see Brent saying hi to Sean from free 99 English. There he is. Hi Sean. How's it going? Good to see you man. Hope things are going well for you out there on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for being here. Let's see here. Next question is from Anton. Are forests in Canada private property? Does anybody have the right to go to the forest for picking mushrooms or beers? Should say, sorry, bears. So the word B-E-E-R is beer, like drink a beer. Um, people in Canada do go to the forest and drink beer. That, that does happen. Anyways, um, does anybody have the right? No. So, there are privately owned forests in Canada and there are forests that are called crown land or things that are forests that are owned by the government and you usually need a permit to go onto those areas. Um, especially if you are harvesting things like mushrooms or hunting for bears. Um, if you go to the forest to drink beer though, um, you don't need a permit but it might not be allowed depending on which forest you go to. Chimo from Japan. What is just, let me just say something for a sec though. Let me go back here to Anton. So Anton, I wasn't, I did laugh a little bit at your question. I want to apologize for that. I wasn't laughing um, at you. I was laughing because the word bear and the word beer are very similar looking, but they have very different meanings and it just kind of made me giggle a bit. So I apologize for laughing. I should not laugh at someone who has made a mistake when they are trying to speak English. I have enormous respect for the fact that you were able to ask a question and I'm sorry that I read it wrong. So, there you go. Um, By the way, and I think that goes for everyone. Um, When someone tries to speak another language and if we laugh at them, it's not a kind thing to do. So, Anton, again, I feel bad. I'm sorry that I laughed when I read your question. Let's get to the next one though. All questions are good questions. That's my theory. Okay, Chimo says, what is the difference between really and is that so? So, if someone says, uh, I bought a new car, I could say, really? If someone said, I bought a new car, I could say, is that so? So, they mean the same thing. Uh, they basically mean you kind, you do believe the person but you're surprised, okay? My friend's dad just bought a convertible. And when I saw him the other day, uh, I was surprised. If he had told me that he bought a convertible, I would have said, really? Because I would have found that hard to believe. Is that so? So, slightly different. I think we say really a lot. That's very, very common. Uh, Gloria, good morning. How do you celebrate Father's Day in your family? Have a happy day tomorrow. So, tomorrow is Father's Day in Ontario, Canada and in many other parts of the world, I'm sure. Um, How do I celebrate Father's Day? We will probably go for a hike. I really like going outside. 
um, and we will probably spend the morning hiking and then I'll probably spend the rest of the day relaxing. By the way, there's no GeoGuessr on my other channel tomorrow night. I am going to just take the complete day off. So there will be no GeoGuessr because it's Father's Day. Um, so that's how we celebrate Father's Day. In a normal year, I would usually, from time to time, I visit the grave of my father. My father passed away many years ago. So even though I'm a dad and Father's Day is a happy day for me because my children like me. Oh, just a sec. Let's go to road cam. What do we have? We have a truck with a wagon behind it going by. There we go. Um, what was I saying? Even though it's a happy day, it's also a sad day for me in some ways because my dad did pass away many, many years ago. So let's see. Oh, and we normally visit Jen's parents, but we can't right now because of COVID. Um, Heinz says, what is the difference between want and need? When you want something... It means that you have a desire to have it. When you need something, you really, really, really have to have it. The best example is this. When you're thirsty, you need water. Your body needs water. In order to be healthy on a hot day when you sweat a lot, you need to drink. You need to have water. Um, But sometimes I want to drink Coke instead of water. So you don't need Coca-Cola. Ronaldo made that pretty clear the other day. (laughs) You don't need to have Coca-Cola. You can just drink water. Um, But sometimes you want it. So a want is a desire. A need is something that is required. That would be the difference. So Ron says, hi, our great teacher, Bob. How is it going? What is the difference between I clearly say and call a spade a spade? So first of all, the call a spade a spade we don't use that phrase anymore. It has racial overtones. It's just a bad phrase. Okay. We generally do not use that phrase anymore. The phrase I clearly say, we usually, we would say this, I explicitly told you not to do that. I clearly told you not to do that. So there you go. What's going by now? Motorcycles, lots of motorcycles, many, many Canadians in the summer will take the time to go out with friends for a motorcycle ride. And as you can see, this is a pretty big motorcycle ride. Um, Let me check the date. Nope, it's not the day I thought it was. On Friday the 13th, usually many, many motorcycles go by. Uh, Let's see here. Rosa says, hello, Bob. Good view. By the way, does pass lorry on the road? Do you use the word lorry? No. We don't use the word lorry here. I know what a lorry is. A lorry is a truck, but it's very common in Britain to call a truck a lorry. But here we simply call them trucks. We almost always call them trucks when we are talking about them. Hey, I'm going to go to no display and do my little uh, welcome to the 585 people watching. Hi, I'm Bob the Canadian. If you click this red subscribe button, you will get notified when I make a new English lesson. I'm going to do a caterpillar check don't think there's any on me and then I will get back to the questions uh let's see here Luke says hi Bob would you tell me is is this sentence I'm going to grab my breakfast correct for takeout if not how can I correct it thanks 
So we use the word grab a lot when we're talking about food. Like I'm going to grab a snack. I'm going to grab a drink of water. I'm going to grab some breakfast before I head out the door. It simply means that you're going to eat. You could say, I'm going to go through the drive through and grab some breakfast on my way to work. You could say, I'll grab a pizza from the pizzeria on the way home. We use the word grab a lot when we're talking about food. So hopefully you got a few examples there uh, in the way I was saying it. Even if you're at home, you can grab breakfast. Um, and usually, I think we use this maybe when we're eating in a hurry. Like, I, I'm going to grab breakfast quick. I'm going to grab breakfast from the drive through Priscilla says, hi, Bob. I think English pronunciation is very difficult for Brazilians. I need help. Well, I think English pronunciation just requires some practice. I think Brazilians actually have a bit of an advantage because you speak Brazilian Portuguese. I think some of the sounds you make are very close to English sounds. So I would just say keep practicing. And if you can find a coach, that would be very, very helpful. Someone who can give you some advice on your accent and pronunciation. Uh, let's see here. Nancy from Hong Kong. Hi, teacher Bob. Is foreigner sound negative and not very friendly? Thank you. Yes. Like we don't often say that someone is a foreigner. We quite often say they are new Canadians. We'll say that, oh yeah, I'm just, they're newly arrived Canadians. Okay. Or they're, they've just immigrated to Canada. Um, so we don't say, yeah, I don't use the word foreigner very often. Um, I think we would use it to describe yourself. Like if I went on a trip, I could say, oh, I really felt like a foreigner when I was visiting this city in whatever country, but we wouldn't really use it to describe other people. I wouldn't at least. So we have from Mar, hello, Mr. Bob, could you explain how to use the in possession, especially with of? Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure how to answer this one, Mayor. Um, hello, Mr. Bob, use the in possession. So it is the bike. Yeah, it is the car of the police. It is the bike of my son. We don't, like those are correct sentences, but they sound very clunky. Like I wouldn't say, oh, whose, let's see here, whose chair is that? That is the chair of my daughter. We don't say it that way. We would say that's my daughter's chair. But if you say that is the chair of my daughter, it is correct. It just sounds really old fashioned and clunky would be the word, like not smooth English. So hopefully that helped. Let's see here. Sala says, Ooh, I only have eight questions left. I'm going to get this done today. If you ask a question using the form now, I might not get to it, but I think I might be able to get through all the questions today. Uh, Sala says, is it better in Canada to buy a house or rent? It really depends what town or city you are in. Personally, where I live, you are better off buying a house. Houses are somewhat affordable. Although in Toronto, it might be better to rent. It's, it's really a personal decision. I think in the end, both have their merits. And then the next question is from Sala. What is the difference between adjectives ending with ed and eng? So I fixed a few things in the question. Um, if I say I'm bored, it means I'm not, I'm just not entertained. Um, if I go to see a movie and I say it's boring, it means the movie is not very entertaining. Um, I did a whole video on this. I don't know if Todd or Dave could look that up, 
but I did a video on adjectives that end in ed and ing. So maybe if one of you guys could find that and put a link in the chat for Salah, that would help. Uh, Arthur has the next question. Hi, Bob. How are you going? How are you doing? So how are you going? I think is very common in Australia. In Canada, we would say, how are you doing? I want to ask you the difference between interpret, comprehend, and understand. Thank you in advance. When you interpret something, um, like especially with languages, an interpreter listens to one language and then either speaks or writes another language, okay? Uh, A translator reads one language and writes another and can listen as well. But an interpreter generally is someone who listens to someone speak one language and then speaks another language to someone else. When you comprehend something, it means you understand it. And then understand and comprehend mean the same thing. If you learn what a word means in English, you have comprehended what that word means. You have understood what that word means. Uh, Let's see here. Arian says, hello, Mr. Bob. I'm from Bangladesh. I want to know something about the province of Saskatchewan in Canada. It's very flat. First of all, Saskatchewan is completely flat. Uh, There are no mountains. What types of jobs do most people do in this province? So Saskatchewan has many, many farmers, but Saskatchewan also has a big city called Regina. And I think that there are many, many people doing every kind of job you can imagine in that city. Um, So Vivian says, Dear Teacher Bob, can I use they are or they it? It would be they are. To mention someone is transgender. Thank you. So in the world we live in now, it's very important, and I agree with this, that you get to know someone and you get to know how they prefer to be referred to. Okay? So I think that the very first step in referring to someone is to make sure you know uh, how they want to be referred to in terms of pronouns, either by talking to them or if you don't know them, if they're someone famous, just doing some research to find out what Uh, pronouns do they enjoy using or do they like to use? Um, So don't use pronouns without actually knowing which one to use. That's probably the best advice I can give. Next question from Rabbi. Hey, Mr. Bob, no question. Just want to say I'm a new follower. I like listening to you while I walk in the park. Well, awesome. Good to hear that, Rabbi. Thank you for being a follower and for watching my English lessons. Okay, here we go from Danny. Hi, Bob. Please explain about ride and phrases like give me a ride, have a ride, take a ride, take it for a ride. If I need a lift to go back home on the road, what did I say? That's a lot of phrases. Let me start at the beginning. If I don't have, let's say I'm at work, but Jen dropped me off in the morning and I don't have a car at work. I might say to a friend, can you give me a ride? Okay, I might say to a colleague, hey, can you give me a ride home? Um, When you have a ride, yeah, can I have a ride? You would say the same thing. Can you give me a ride home or can I have a ride home? Yes, that would work. Um, When you take a ride, maybe someone has a motorcycle and I can say, hey, can I take a ride? Um, Can I take a ride in your car? No. So you would say, can I take a ride on your motorcycle or can I take your car for a ride? Slightly different. Um, And then could I take it for a ride? Yes, you could use that with motorcycle or car. Um, And then I could also say, hey, could you give me a ride home? I need a lift. Okay, it means the same thing. Let me keep moving along here though. 
Isabel says, hi, Bob, I would like to know if you can use henceforth and from now on interchangeably, or if henceforth is a little old fashioned. Thanks. Yes. I would say from now on, um, no eating in class. I could say henceforth, I declare that no one shall eat in class. That sounds very, very formal and old fashioned. So normally I would say, look, there's a lot of garbage on the floor and people are leaving crumbs from now on. No one is allowed to eat in class. And then here's the old fashioned way to say it. I declare that henceforth in this classroom, no one shall eat snacks at their desk. That would be how they would have said it two or 300 years ago, maybe. Um, let's see here. Ronnie says, hello, Mr. Bob, you are amazing. Do you think Canadian English is close to American English or British English? Thank you. Well, Ronnie, I actually just did a lesson on that this past week. If you look um, in the chat, Dave or Todd will put a link to the video I did on Canadian English. It is very similar to American English. That is my quick and easy answer. Uh, Next question from Anton. Good morning. Do you know where are the most, where are most of your subscribers from? Top five countries. So let me reread this. I did fix something, Anton. Do you know where most of your subscribers are from? So it's hard to know because most of my subscribers are from the United States, but I think that's because people use a VPN service to watch my videos. The next countries after that, I think are um, Vietnam. um, I'd have to look. It's Vietnam, India, and then a lot of European countries. So I'd have to check, uh, Anton. Uh, Ask me in the description or ask me in the comments below. And if I have some time, I will pull that up later and put it there. So Yuan says, hello, Bob, would you be so kind to explain how to use of and as in different ways? Yeah, these words have so many usages, Yuan, that would be really hard to do in just a minute or two. Um, I can give you a couple of of example sentences. of all the lessons I've done outside, this is the most, this one has been the most fun so far. I think because nothing is crawling on me. Um, and then as I do these lessons outside, I really have to think about the sun uh, and the weather just to make sure that I don't get wet or get a sunburn like I did a few weeks ago when I did one outside. Um, hey, I think we're done. Let's go to a full view. I think I answered all the questions. In one hour, I just had a caterpillar on my leg and I mushed it by accident. Sorry, Mr. Caterpillar. I didn't see you there. There was one. One made it into the box and up my leg, but it didn't make it to my shirt anywhere. Anyways, I'm Bob the Canadian. Thank you to the 600 plus people who are watching. If you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button. If you want to support what I do here on YouTube, it's very, very helpful. There is a join button somewhere below this video that you can click. I do want to thank Todd and Dave once again for faithfully keeping the chat civil uh, and civilized. It's very much appreciated. And I do want to thank Brent from American English with this guy and Rod, the Brazilian English teacher for hanging out in the chat and all of the people who are here regularly. So I'll say bye to a few people. Bye to Julia and Sita and Tick Tick and Esio Wu and let me scroll back. Guten and Mode Eggs and Edson and Ahmed and Ario Handoyo. And let me see JF Wu, Savannah, Abderhim, Gang, Thiago, Marat, N, Nagok, Yin, Gil. Sorry if I say your names wrong. Um, let's see here. So many feelings. Uh, Ahmed, Jim, Wee, 
Azmet, Renata, hi Renata, Ahmed, Azmat, and Mutu, Jizik. There's so many people here, it's hard to say bye to everyone. But thanks for being here, everybody. Um, Again, no live stream tomorrow night on my other channel. It's Father's Day. I'm taking the day off. But there will be a brand new English lesson for you on Tuesday. Hopefully, you enjoy it. Um, Have a great afternoon or evening or whatever time of day it is where you are. Um, I hope you sleep good tonight and I hope you have a great day tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Oh, we should go back to the road cam just to see what's, what's driving by. A large transport truck, or sometimes we call it a tractor trailer. It looked like it was a tanker, like it had a tank on the back. Anyways, let's go back here and let's all wave bye. Bye, everybody. I'm going to click the button. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me, in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.